Hello and welcome to Kohler Commentary. Today, I invite Jonathan and Esther Kim onto the podcast to share about their journey together since 2011. I got brief snippets of their relationship and immediately knew their story of commitment, growth, and some turmoil was meant to be on the podcast for us to benefit from listening to. Esther and Jonathan moved to Dallas from Atlanta in 2013 and have raised three beautiful girls together. They have a story of teamwork with a small business or a few. Um, a few appearances on TV and a lot more in between. So I'm excited to get to know them and learn from them today. So welcome Esther and Jonathan. Woo! Woo. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. So we're actually connected first because I met with Esther through Teach for America. Uh, we were both on the DFW 2013 cohort. Woot woot. Um, but we never like actually connected connected much like personally but that's how we met and yes uh-huh. yes very small world and then after marriage and kids we were able to actually meet and have a friendship right which i love <laughs> um and i think before we even personally connected i was attracted to the happy party co which is something we will talk about later and so it's really cool how we can um yeah just support each other's passions and now they're on the podcast supporting mine um okay so we will discuss um get right to it you guys have been together for over a decade that's pretty awesome for i would say fairly you know young couples like that's hard to find that people have met for such a long time and you guys already have three grown or past the two-year-old mark kids and that's a big celebratory thing for you guys to to move on from that so before we talk about parenthood today i'd love to hear how you guys met um what caught your eye about each other what made you know you know as they look deeply into their eyes right now um what did those early years look like Sure, I can kick it off. So Jonathan and I met in college. We actually met at a Georgia Tech library that my friend had brought me to just to like study. And Jonathan was already waiting there to meet us. And Jonathan, the way that he looks right now, he literally <laughs> looked just like this uh, in 2009 when he was 21 years old. So as soon as I walked in, I was like, who is this Chandosan name that's like meeting us right now to study? Um, and that was definitely like my first impression. I was like, what's going on? But turns out he was only a few years older than me. And that's initially how we met. And we became friends and, and met um, as we went to college together. Mm-hmm. So interesting because I meet you today, Jonathan, and you look quite young in my opinion. (laughs) But I see if you don't age all that time that you once looked old. So that's kind of like the Asian, right? Like saying of, you know, you don't age. Okay, I don't know. But I'm just go. Well, I I tell my friends, like when they're 50, I'll be winning. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like that's exactly you're living that out. So good for you. Yeah. And then in terms of like what caught my eye about Jonathan, oh, number one thing is he makes me laugh like nobody else. Even now, after 11 years of marriage, like I'm crying with laughter at some of the things that he says and just like his goofiness and and happy spirit. I love, love that. Um, And that was one of the first things for sure that drew me. Mm. Yeah. I think for me, what caught my eye with Esther is obviously like, She's so cute. (laughs) Is this the is this the laughter you guys share? (laughs) I mean, she is a cutie, so you know that really helped. And then I think the second thing was like, 
like I love just talking with her. Like we would just have these conversations that were like fun and that were interesting. And so I always kind of look forward to the next conversation.、Mm. So there's not always a lot of people like that. But then Esther was very、um, just engaging, yeah, as a friend. Was there a romantic interest from the start? Well, so there was like not at the very very beginning, but there was a little bit of a moment where we did kind of have like a romantic type. Experience, <laughs> but then, but then, yeah, it sounds rated R. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't rated R. But it was just like we we did get kind of close for a little bit, but then like something happened between our friends, and so we were like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't the right time for、uh, us. So and then we stopped kind of talking in that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we still kept the friendship up, but it was yeah. Less- I don't know. It just felt like at the time it. It was better with us being friends.、Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like, and that's、sure. when our friendship started. Yeah, friendship for two years. So, two thousand nine is when you guys officially met. You were a freshman. I was well. I had already gone to college for two years, and I had transferred to Atlanta. Okay, okay. So technically, I was a junior. Okay, and he had graduated <laughs> by then. So he was chundasaning me. He, he had not graduated <laughs> had not by then. Graduated、uh, by then. <laughs> Do you want to share with everyone how long it took you to graduate? Okay, I. I It took me a long time. <laughs> I, I was I, there was a lot of soul searching, but it, it took me eight years to graduate. Yeah,、oh, undergraduate. So、okay. it's not, not, nothing I'm really proud of, but at the same time, I think it took me the time that it took yeah. me, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I mean, if he had graduated already, we would have never met. Exactly.、No. And we ended up graduating at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that's special. <laughs> <laughs> special. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So then, after just. Being friends for a couple years, how did you guys then decide to make it into Ulala?、Mm, what do you say? Okay, well, <clears throat> I guess I, I'm the one who kind of. Yeah. Do you want to share? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm the one who kind of started. Okay, it, so. and then I can share my perspective. Okay, so I, I think for me, like, like so for a while, it's not that we didn't like stop becoming friends, but we stopped. Like hanging out as much as we did before, so there were a couple years where we would just see each other like like not fairly often. But then we had a moment where we started like talking、uh, much more again, and our friendship kind of became what it was in the very beginning.、Mm-hmm. And so during that time where we were kind of seeing each other more often and talking, I just kind of felt like, you know, I- I'm kind of interested to see like where this would go, you know. But then at the same time, since she was a good friend, it's always kind of like an awkward conversation to have with someone that you do know already,、mm. because you don't want things to change, and you're kind of scared that you're going to ruin what you have now. So I was like very hesitant. So I tried to just kind of like, you know, like <laughs> test the waters a little bit, you know. Yes. Well, testing the waters was pretty awkward. He <laughs> he literally just called me out of the blue one day, and he sometimes calls me. So I wasn't like entirely surprised by it. But he calls me and he's like, "Hey, you know what would be funny? Like if we dated." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's testing. Like, that's just straight up.、Hey. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just straight up. Like a test to me. So then I was like, "Oh, haha, yeah, it would be funny." And then that was it. Like literally, that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> and then two weeks later, he calls me again, and he's like, <laughs> "Hey, so I just wanted to see, like, if you thought about what I said." <laughs> 
And I was like, what you said about what? He's like, that thing where I was like, wouldn't it be funny if we dated? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, are you? And then like it suddenly clicked and I was like, do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And he was like, I don't know, maybe. But I think we should go on a date and, and see and figure it out. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was just so shocked because like he shared, we'd been friends for so long and suddenly going into this like new territory seemed really strange. But I was like, why not? Let's do it. Let's go to dinner and a movie. I thought that was like a soft open. Yeah. <laughs> was that not? <laughs> I guess because she didn't recall the conversation, yeah. which yeah. means it wasn't. Yeah, see? yeah, it was testing. <laughs> and you waited two weeks to follow up. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure, but. I know. So then we went on our date. He literally looks at me while we're in the movie theater and he's like, are we supposed to hold hands? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. And I was like, he, how does this feel? Yeah. Like I would, I would like put my hand around her shoulder and be like, what does this feel like? Yeah. He's like, is this weird for you? Can you let me know if you feel uncomfortable? And I was like, please stop narrating everything. And that was literally our first date. Yeah. And now here we are. 11 years later. 11 years later. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> I love that you just said, Wait, do you like me? <laughs> Very direct. Like, what What are you trying to get at? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, so then now you're dating. What advice do you have for people when they do start dating? Mm. You guys, that's young. Because it was with, with intent to marry. Or I don't know right. if that was the intent yes. back then. Well, I'll I mean, pass it to Jonathan because I feel like he has really good advice for this. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I... I since we were friends Mm -hmm. and we did know that you know we're getting kind of like later in our college years like i knew it it needed to be serious if we were gonna just date i didn't want to just have it something like whatever Mm because she was a really good friend and Mm -hmm. i didn't want to lose that so right you knew the risk yeah i knew the risk so i i think like in terms of advice for like younger people i think i think it is actually good to date with with intent to marry like when you're younger Mm. because i think what like society kind of tells us is like oh you have to live your life you have to do these things but what i've realized through kind of being married and having kids is that like for a lot of people being married gives people purpose Mm. and it it shows them what's really valuable in life you know Mm. a lot of times when you're single and you live your life you think you're doing it for something greater or or for whatever it is your pride or whatever yeah but then what ends up happening is it's like you just become someone that you don't remember or who who you thought you were going to be you know so i think being married uh i like starting dating younger with marriage intent is good and an advice i would give to somebody would be just i think like like when you meet someone like instead of just are they fun are they great to be around it's like you try to look at their character Mm -hmm. like what kind of person is this person like what do they actually like hold close to them and what do they actually care about and then like thinking about do their actions reflect that Mm. So I think that was like something that I would tell for younger people. What is so um, amazing about Esther's character? (laughs) Well, so I think for Esther, the thing with her is that like she's like an optimist through and through. Mm. So in no matter what situation, she would always try to look for the brighter side of things. And I think for me, who is like an eternal pessimist, I I knew I knew that's something I, I, I needed. And so I think for like men, that's one thing that they should also consider. Like, 
like find someone who like motivates you to be like a better person, you know, motivates you to be something that like maybe you want to be or are not yet. Cause I think a lot of men take uh, longer to mature than probably most women. Ooh, snap, snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's, that's just something for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I thought. What about you, Esther? Do you have any advice? Um, yeah, I think a lot of times for women, sometimes when <clears throat> finding someone or finding a partner, it's all about like checking off boxes, right? Mm. So it's like, as long as they have A, B, and C, they'll be uh, my soulmate and we'll be great and we'll be happy. But I feel like sometimes it doesn't always happen like that, right? Yeah, like yeah. they could have a great job and they could like similar things as you. But if your personalities or even just like Jonathan said, the things that you find really important or your priorities in life don't match, then the relationship may not go the way that you wanted. Mm-hmm. So I said that or I would I would say that the biggest thing in finding someone is where a couple of things are true. So A, someone that I could see like being a partner, an Mm. actual partner, not just like, oh, this is my job, this is your job, but like we partner together through life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then someone that I actually enjoy really being around. Mm. Um, Do I like this person enough to literally spend every single day for the rest of my life with them? Mm. Not just because they may have like an amazing job or they're like really interesting, but like, do I actually find them enjoyable even in like the mundane moments. yeah yeah and i was actually talking to jonathan about this um because we were like man our, our story like i wonder what would have happened if we had dated like right when we first met right like do you think that we would have ended up where we were and jonathan actually said no he doesn't think that um i don't know if you want to share a little bit more why you felt like you yeah. wanted to wait well i think for me the the reason why i think it wouldn't have worked out then is because I think for people, like, timing is so important. Like, people go through seasons, they go through ups and downs, and I think where, like, me and Esther were, like, both, like, spiritually and in our lives at that time were, like, totally different. So I think if we were to get together, there probably would have been a lot of conflict to, like, Mm. what we hold to, like, as what is important in our life at that time, you know? So I think that would have been, like, a big turning point for us and I'm not sure if we would have made it through that especially in the beginning that was like a little snippet of even lunch with Esther she was kind of briefly sharing her her like wild years Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that you were waiting for her to get not get over it I don't know but like like um, yeah and I thought that was so um, encouraging to hear that Mm. you would wait because Mm. you see that timing is important and Mm. that time for her to be able to grow in her own ways and for you to grow separately then Mm. when you did have the soft testing of the waters (laughs) it was not like you know weird yeah uh, yeah yeah totally and it actually wasn't even something that I realized or that he had shared with me until after we were married wow yeah he doesn't even need the credit I know (laughs) I know because I mean I because like there was a time where like I was making not the best decisions and I was at a time in my life where I just like wanted to have fun and just not take anything seriously we didn't talk as much throughout that time so I just felt like okay Jonathan's doing his thing I'm doing my thing and then when we ended up together it felt like the right timing Mm. but then what I ended up learning was that Jonathan actually didn't date anybody during that time 
Oh and, my gosh, yeah. sweet. And I had this realization like, wait, were you just like waiting for me to get my stuff together? And he was like, I mean, a little bit just to kind of see what would happen, um, which I felt like was so special. It made me feel very, very loved that even yeah. when I didn't realize it, he was waiting for me. I love that. I still love that right now. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, do you have anything you want to add to that? Well, I, I mean, yeah, I think I think for me, like I, from a young age, I kind of had to spend a lot of time reflecting on like my situation and like understanding, like trying to understand why people do the things that they do. So I spent a lot of time thinking about those things in my younger years. So I think when I met Esther and the heart that I did have for her, I realized that there there could be something more. But like we said, like the timing wasn't right, but that was OK with me. Like. Mm. I I think forcing people to do something that like they're not ready for or forcing people to like change it's like a rarely a tactic that works like yeah. unless it's like house of cards and yeah. like you like have these straight you can't really force people to change like they have to take their time and I think I realized that with Esther and I realized that with like people in my life like all the time wow. yeah. did you guys date friends in the past or was this the first time you guys dated like a good friend in each other I've dated a friend in the past. Okay, okay. I like. Yeah, friends. I would consider. <laughs> I would consider Jonathan a serial monogamist. Yeah. That's why it was so shocking to me that he didn't date anybody during uh, that time. Whereas even more I, meaningful. Yeah. yeah, and I had never versus me. I had never been in a long term relationship. My longest relationship was maybe six months. Mm, okay. um, so I was in no place to even consider dating for marriage or doing anything long-term and for me like trust is something that needs to be built it can't be something that just like is there on day one i think so that's for me like friendship is like kind of my starting point i think i see i see okay let's move forward now that you guys are dating and in hindsight we're gonna first we're gonna introduce your enneagrams today or right now, but you didn't know that back then. But I, I wonder if that would have, you know, put pieces together or whatnot. So Esther, we, I think we kind of alluded it to when you talked about the check boxes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little earlier. But you are the achiever. <laughs> enneagram number three. Yes. Um, and do you agree? Like, do you feel very confident in that? Oh, I'm 100% confident in that. I'm very textbook three. Um, in a sense, we're sometimes to a fault. Like if I don't feel a sense of achievement or productivity, it's very hard for me to feel like I'm worthy of something mm. or I'm contributing positively to the world. It's just, it gets me very down when I'm not feeling like that, which I'm working on. Mm. I'm working on not putting my self-worth into that. Um, but that's definitely how I grew up and how I navigated my career. Mm, okay. Um, and I think that will help us allude into even how you guys work together. But a quick summary about threes are, like Jonathan was attracted to, are optimistic. And then accomplished and adaptable. Your um, superpower is to shapeshift. I don't know if mm. yeah, <laughs> Jonathan yeah. is nodding his head. Yeah, she's very good at that, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a great uh, skill. It can sometimes get lost, right, um, as you try to shapeshift for things around you. But overall, it is your superpower so that you can achieve and excel and reach those ambitious goals um, and so I kind of wanted to uh, look at yours and then Jonathan's which is the nine I am the nine 
Do you know what the nine is? <laughs> no, I do not. What, what, oh, the peacemaker. I just looked it up. Yes. <laughs> you are the peacemaker, which mm. you appear easygoing, pleasant, yes. and mm-hmm. calm, and always willing to accommodate for others. But you also alluded to this, that you felt you feel like you are the pessimist, mm. right? And I that's do. kind of true because they hide the fact that internally, there is not always that easygoingness mm-hmm. and you maybe might be searching for inner peace or wanting to get to that place mm-hmm. so that you don't have to feel maybe any negative emotions or whatnot. Right, mm-hmm. right. Avoiding oh, pain. Yes. yes. yes yeah. Your core fear is <laughs> conflict or yeah, no, yeah. not having that harmony and peace. Right. Totally. Mm. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love seeing <laughs> the, the spouses affirm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that, um, there's so many layers to the Enneagram, but I, my theme still for this podcast episode episode is about childhood memories and childhood messages and so once you get married right you do kind of unpack all the hard things that come with it Mm -hmm. and one of that is just the fact that how much childhood plays into developing who you are and so for an enneagram three that childhood message you might have interpreted was that it's not okay to have your own feelings and identity Mm. and then for an enneagram nine you might have interpreted that it's not okay to assert yourself. Mm. Um, so I want you guys to think about the childhood message first and see if there was a memory or something that you've brought up with each other even to say like, hey, in your conflicts, you're like, I need you to understand this is something that's really deeply rooted in this way. How did you guys start to open up about those things um, with each other in marriage? So for me, the biggest, I guess, impactful memory that I had growing up was when I was very, very young, I was only about seven months old, my father passed away very suddenly. Mm. And so my mom raised me and my two older sisters completely by herself. She was working at like a tape factory 12 hours a day. Also, my grandmother lived with us, so she helped raise us a lot, spent a lot of time with her. And so I think that really ties into that point of like, um, what was it that you said? It's not okay to have your own feelings and identity. Yeah, definitely not okay. And needs is very right, um, right. wrapped in that Because as well. really our mentality, our entire childhood growing up is like, we just need to survive. We need to meet our physical needs, make it to the next day. Everything else is secondary to that. Um, And so even my mom, I have a really great relationship with my mom now, but growing up, she was never home. Um, I never received any like physical affection from her because truly she was just sacrificing 100% of herself to like make ends meet. So I appreciate so much everything that she did for us. But then that childhood then translates into me as an adult Mm -hmm. where I have a really hard time with like physical affection and Mm -hmm. Jonathan is like number one love language is physical touch um and so that's something that I've had to learn and he's had to have empathy for and then because my father passed away so suddenly it causes me to have a lot of anxiety around uncertainty Mm. or things happening without expecting it That's why I'm like very much a planner. I'm always thinking about like worst case scenario and planning for the worst. Um, And anytime Jonathan leaves the house or something, if we're ever in like any sort of dangerous situation, which doesn't happen, but um, it always makes me have these like very rational fears because of what happened um, when I was young. That's so 
which the growth path and stress path stuff will be for another day on the podcast. But it's interesting to hear how you go to a six, which is in your path. I don't know if you knew that, but oh. sometimes it's actually in healthy times you can you know like troubleshoot and kind of prepare for things. But mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how that skill of yours kind of um, birthed from from things that happened in your in your earlier days. Too. Yeah, totally. And now that I'm a mom, it's like increased tenfold. Uh-huh. You know, the just anxiety, is, all the anxiety. Yeah and all the things that you could potentially be doing wrong and and all of that so for sure so as these things might have kind of surfaced from esther like how did you start to see, realize these things about her like oh she does like to plan for worst case or mm-hmm. there is anxiety that might not have seemed as obvious mm-hmm. before because you guys also only dated for like six months three months we dated for four months and then got married got engaged Uh six months later we were married so uh, under a year all of that yeah Yeah. so you guys are friends but there's still a greater level of that intimate Mm -hmm. emotional understanding that's coming yeah for for me i think like one of my um talents would be able to um i i'm like a very quick people reader so i i can like i see a lot of like uh things that are like under the surface on people i think even if they present a certain way usually i can kind of tell if there's something a little different and i think in the same way Mm. a lot of that deep emotional like insecurity that esther felt i like picked up fairly quickly yeah and then to find out about her father and her family situation like it just kind of like put put i guess like a name to the to like the issues I have a side question. So even like in y'all's first date, you were mm-hmm. like, how does this feel? How does this feel? I don't know. Yeah. But like threes, it's kind of hard to immediately name the feelings and things like that. How, how does that work if he does check in with feelings or things like that, as that is something that you've interpreted at a young age to not have? Yeah, that's definitely something that we've had to work on over time. Oh. So even now... Jonathan can see right away on my face <laughs> if I am feeling any some type of way. So he'll be like, okay, I can sense you're feeling stressed. What's wrong? Like, just voice it out. Tell me what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And the things that I could say will be totally crazy. Like, mm. I could be like, I don't even know, just very irrational things. Um, and he doesn't even bat an eye. And he's just like, okay. This is why I feel like those things were not going to happen. And he just talks talks me down in a way where I can see things in a more rational lens. But again, mm. that is something that has grown over time. Yeah. Whereas when we first got married, I have zero chill. I'm going from zero to 100, thinking we're going to die immediately from something that mm-hmm. is very small. Mm. And I also think for me, like... Sometimes when Esther even tries to tell me what she's actually feeling, it's not what she's actually feeling. Like, <laughs> I love that. Like, it's like, you know, like sometimes she'll get angry at me or say like, oh, I'm frustrated because of A, B, and C. And so that might be like the technical reasons why she's feeling uh. frustrated, like the, 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 what caused the emotion initially. But I know that there's like something else. Like, mm. And he'll be like, is it because of A, B, and C? Or is it because you had that weird conversation with your sister and you feel like she's mad at you? <laughs> and I'm like, well, obviously it's about that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. So I can, I thankfully, like, for some reason, I can pick up on stuff like I that. I love that you noted your own superpower and made sure to say that because that's <laughs> very true. Yeah, that is so good. Okay. Yeah. What about yours? It is not okay to assert yourself. Is that something you've resonated with? Yeah, I think when I think about my past and I think about my childhood, I, I do think that there was some moments where I did feel like that. I think um, one thing that I remember is that like for one reason or another, it's, it's not because like my parents weren't there. Right. They were there all the time and, you know, I saw them constantly, but I had a feeling of like being very alone and like being kind of siloed in mm. my own self. Like I couldn't really share how I felt. So I, so the not being assertive, like it just kind of resonates with me because I was never able to really speak how I felt about anything or like what I hold to be important or valuable. I always felt like that was never under consideration. Mm. Yeah. So I see you being great at pulling out Esther's feelings. Mm -hmm. how, how do you do that about your own feelings? I, mean, I still struggle with right. it now a lot. Uh, but I think what's changed is actually since uh, like meeting Esther and like marrying her, even in my own self, like I've actually changed a lot in the last 10 years. Mm. So like leading up to me being in college, like I was almost like silent. Like I didn't really talk to anyone, you oh, know, really. Okay. I, I had like friends yeah. and stuff like that. But like we would never have deep conversations. It was always kind of me, myself, and like I was always internal. kind of internal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then I think um, the strange thing is, is like up until I was in like fifth grade, like I would win awards for being most talkative in class. Oh. So there was this like huge dichotomy of yeah. who I was as a person that happened like in the middle of my years. Whoa. Yeah. So it's like I went from being one of the most talkative people yeah, yeah, to like yeah. not talking to anyone at all. In in did were did things happen just like within that time that yeah. shifted that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean some things with like friends, but then also things that had happened to me like outside of that, like mm. like external things. Mm -hmm. And so even like with my relationship with my parents, like, mm. you know, like my dad was like a very strong Korean mm. type man <laughs> type. You know that Puniki, everyone uh -huh, knows that. Uh -huh. So I think that and all the th experiences I went to, to, it just, I, I didn't feel safe anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, the only safety I had was inside myself, oh. yeah, you know? So that's why it's like, I think I just quieted it down yeah. and I didn't talk to anyone. Yeah. But, and now as you feel a safety, that assertion yeah. is able to be... It's still hard, right? Right. But, but right, it right. is able to at least be navigated. For sure. And I think I've come into more in touch with, like, like who I am and what I want. Cause mm -hmm. I think for a long time I didn't really know. And mm. even now, like I'm still finding that out for myself. Yeah. It's a little bit late. It's like, a, it's like college, <laughs> like to forever, but like I, I'm figuring Yeah, you it. have your own pace and yeah. I think you own that. So that's yeah, great. For yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, in the midst of all of this self-discovery and with each other, you guys also had children early. You had a lot of, you did a lot of things early. I guess before we go specifically into parenthood, what were some of the highest and lowest points of marriage? I see a lot of growth for sure, but I'm, sh mm -hmm. I'm sure it wasn't always easy. For, for me, like the, the, the high parts, I think like since I've kind of talked about my past, like I, I, I always think it's a matter of perspective. Like I don't ever kind of think back and be like oh this was the best time mm. you know and the reason i don't like to think that way is because then it's always kind of everything after is a little sad mm. you know and that's I mean? gonna mess up your peace yeah exactly <laughs> 
So I like like I, I talked about seasons with people. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's the same thing with life. Like there are seasons, there are times where there are a lot of great things, but there are also times where there's a lot of like bad things. So the way I kind of look at it is like in those moments, like where are we looking? You know. Mm-hmm. So I always like to just like look up and thank God. You know. So even with all of our girls, like when I pray with them, the first thing I always say, I say, "Thank you, God, for this day." Mm. And so I, and so all of our, our, our the girls when they first start praying, that's the first thing they say. They, thank yeah, you, God, gratitude. for this day. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of how I think. So the highs and the lows, like there are lows for sure, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't like to look at the highs that way. I guess. Mm. Yeah, I'd say the highest points for me too are like the little moments. Um, we do this thing with our girls where. Every day we ask them, like, what's one happy thing that happened and one maybe sad thing that happened? Um, it allows them to just kind of process. But even if it's a bad day, there's always some, like, one positive or happy thing that comes out of it. And those little moments really are, feel like are the magic for me. Like, mm. when our kids say something that's unexpected and it just makes us both, like, laugh out loud, right? Or, like, a very impromptu lunch date where we have no kids and we get to just yeah. have a date together. It's those things that I feel like carry us through the hard times that are inevitable to come and then in terms of our lowest points I mean the the one that really comes to mind for me was after we had our second daughter Arden I just had a lot more of a severe postpartum than I did with Emery and it lasted like basically the first full year of Arden's life I just felt like the walls were closing in on me like every day going from one to two kids was much harder than I expected or even thought it was going to be. So it just felt like we were just drowning and we couldn't get out, um, which led to us constantly fighting. And man, it really made me question like, is this the right thing? Like, are we doing the right thing? Is this the direction that we should be going in? Um, So the biggest thing that kind of helped us out of that is going to counseling That was actually our second time going to counseling together as a couple, and it was so helpful. Um, We'd been to traditional counseling, but then we also did this like group counseling type thing at Watermark Church here in Dallas, where you're able to sit with other couples, all ranging in experience, marriage, timeline, and chat about things that you may be struggling with in your marriage while you have like a really solid couple leading you and leading that discussion. You're also able to hear like testimonies of people who have been together for 20, 30 years that have just Mm -hmm. been through just really hard stuff. That was so encouraging to me because I also felt like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Other people are struggling too. We're all in this together. Um, And it also just created a safe space for us to listen to one another and actually say how we're feeling when other people have either felt or are currently feeling the same thing. Mm. I don't know. I felt like it did wonders for us, wonders for our communication. It broke down those walls that we had built from so much like pent up bitterness and anger, just blaming each other for things. Um, But so, yeah, I guess like very low time Mm -hmm. that slowly. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp, the sponsor of this episode, is here for you. BetterHelp offers a broad range of over 20,000 licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Plus, you can get 10% off your first month with my code, betterhelp.com Kohler. 
With BetterHelp, you can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience, and all you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs before getting matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. As a mom constantly working around Jaden's toddler schedule, having my weekly therapy online has been a complete game changer and a huge reason why I have made big steps to better my mental health for myself and for my family. You can also request a new therapist anytime at no additional charge. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Don't forget to use my code to get that 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Kohler. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Kohler. We got better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, the, the one time that I really remember is when we first moved here f- to Dallas, um, we were still trying to look for friends and mm. we were still kind of very like isolated, but unfortunately during that time, like I like had a big Achilles injury, like I tore my Achilles, so oh, I couldn't walk no. for a few months and then Esther actually miscarried for the first time. And so it was like this and that time overlap. Yeah, it was like back to back. Uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, literally, we were feeling all alone. Thankfully, at that time, we had found a church and like, but they were still like very new as friends. But thankfully, they were there as much as they could be. It was just a very like isolating time and like Mm. one that was like very sad. And I think even more than just being angry at one another, like we just had so much unresolved feelings and so much like just negative like energy in the room. Like it was almost like the spirit in our marriage was fading away. Yeah, right. And we didn't know how to get it back. Right, right. And then we were just both so sad at that time. And so. Yeah, but then thankfully, like uh, like two years later, we had Emery, and so that you know made a big difference. But that was really one of the hardest times I can remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it took us a while to have Emery too. After yeah. that, it took another two years for us to oh. conceive her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, dark time. That was the other time that we had yeah, gone to counseling. Yeah. So that time, and then after Arden, because yeah. you had mentioned that time for counseling was kind of like for preventative because of maybe things that were happening and just to kind of be on the same page but even with that that's such a dark time that would be Mm -hmm. so hard and we were attending like jonathan said we were attending a church at the time i after miscarrying i felt such a loss a huge loss that i felt like was this gaping hole and i just wanted to like fill it with Mm -hmm. like another pregnancy as Mm -hmm. soon as possible you know and i'm like we have to get pregnant right away like i can't wait Mm -hmm. and I felt like God knew better at that moment because, I mean, it literally took us two mm-hmm. years. I had even gone to a doctor, gotten checked out, and they're like, nope, everything looks great. Everything looks healthy. Um, and I think God was trying to tell us, like, okay, first you need to heal. Mm-hmm. Before you can bring a child into this world, you can't bring them in as broken as you are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took two years, which was felt like a very, very long time. And I felt like everyone around me was having children. It was like ever, mm-hmm. every time I would open up social media, someone was like announcing another pregnancy. Um, but I'm so grateful for all of that because it brought us our children and mm-hmm. yeah. can't imagine. Yeah. 
Thanks Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. You guys have been through um, a lot of things. And in those times where you were navigating hard emotions alone um, and even being forced to kind of bring that together too. Right. And so with that being kind of the start of a lot of not difficulty, but it sounds like you guys are doing counseling and then you having three children, very young. How did you guys um, end up navigating like parent and community? I know you said you opened up and saw social media with kids, but I don't know if around you, like locally, you there were many yeah. or not. So we had a lot of friends who were having kids at that time. Okay. And I think for us, you're like, it's like kind of one of those like, you know, things where you're very happy for a person who's pregnant, but at the same time you feel the loss. Yeah, yeah. So I think Esther felt that pretty deeply. I mean, for, for myself, it wasn't as bad, obviously, but I think for a woman, it, well, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're the woman. Be yeah. careful speaking for a woman. Don't tell me how to don't feel. Tell me yes, how to yes, feel. It sounds that. like we've um, memorized that line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I struggled with it deeply deeply and just like Jonathan said I mean I was so happy for everyone especially friends who I had known were struggling to get pregnant and then once they finally did oh man I I felt the joy with them I cried alongside them um because them getting pregnant has nothing to do with me not Mm -hmm. getting pregnant Mm -hmm. and that that is something I had to tell myself on the daily um and that when it's our time it's our time and um something that Jonathan would always remind me of is he was like, God already knows our children Mm. by name. He knows all of them, however many there will be. Um, And that got me through, you know, that hope, that light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't know when we were going to get there, but when we did, I knew it was like going to be amazing. He even knew Isla before you guys. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All the hair is on her sassy little head. Um, But yes. Um, What was your your question? I'm sorry. I don't know if I answered that. Beautiful answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How did you also get to a place where you can bring that piece, though? Like, I feel like that's still, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, even like in the response when it's this like emotional, like, heightened emotionally Mm -hmm. heightened situation Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. where the feelings are valid and the worries are valid like what goes on in your mind or even how do you have the tools to access that type Mm. of statement not Uh, i mean it's not like it's a tool it's you have a relationship with the lord yeah 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 but like reading that and then and then asserting yourself in the appropriate way Mm. to be so encouraging yeah I, i think for me like Maybe it's like things that I've told myself, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit and things that I've like, I mean, obviously there are cliche things we see in movies and stuff, but I think the biggest thing for me is like, could it be worse? And yeah. I think in a lot of situations it could be. Mm-hmm. And so I try to see like, now I'm sounding like an optimist. But <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's interesting. Cause yeah, I, I do. I do have that a little yeah. bit. I have the optimism, but I also have the pessimism. pessimism. Yeah. So like, so you're balanced. Yeah. I'm ba- I, I think like the way that I see it is like, I'm pessimistic about things in like real life, like, in the uh, daily, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's not going to happen. Like, this is not going to happen. But I think when I think of, like, our lives in a greater sense, mm. I, I see the optimism there, I think. Mm. I feel like for you, you're you're more of a pessimist in, like, how the world works. Mm. Yes. Mm. And just in humankind yes. in general. Mm. Because yeah. we're all so sinful and broken. That's true. Yeah. But then when it comes to things like our daily lives and our children mm-hmm. and the hope of, like, 
what our lives could become. Yeah. He is very much like the optimist. Yeah. We're yeah. so thankful. We're so blessed. We have all the reasons to be grateful. Mm. So it's a That's a good way. There. Yeah, that's yeah. that's 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 right. Yeah, you put that right. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> Your wife is right. Ding dong ding. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So I kind of wanted to bring it back to two things, but so I'm kind of hearing it here too, but an Enneagram three, when it t- comes to like interpersonal coping styles type of things or how you respond around people, even it's Enneagram three is a more assertive type. So move towards people to kind of not just get what they want from people, but even their rea- like relationship. And then Enneagram nines are more withdrawn style. Mm-hmm. How does that work in marriage? And I'm not saying, cause it's clear that that's not an effect on leadership in any way, but mm-hmm. how does that go when that's almost like against the norm in certain ways? Um, how do you guys find that partnership, which I think, I hear you and see you guys have, which was one of the things you wanted partnership with like your spouse. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. What does that look like in terms of even practical things or mm-hmm. responsibilities, making things flow? I feel like that's evolved over the years, but, um, generally speaking, I am definitely the more assertive type on top of like things like organization, keeping the house running and just like all the things needed for that and for the kids. Um, So it is a little bit unconventional, but I do all of our finances. And then in terms of like the kids, doctor's appointments, things like that, all of our social events, social calendars, um, that is me too. Mm. And sometimes, you know, like when you watch a movie and it's like a, like a king or a queen and they're like walking through the hall and there's someone that's right next to them and they're like, this is so-and-so, they have three kids (laughs) and their favorite color is purple. That is like what I do for Jonathan when we are in social settings because he is more of an introvert. And as soon as we're walking into a birthday party, he'd be like, what is this for again? I'm like, this is for so-and-so. They're turning four and we got them this as their birthday present. He's like, oh, yes, yes. What's the sibling's name? All of that. So I keep all of that on lock. Firstborn's name. (laughs) He's like, that's all I can do. That's my best. Your firstborn, nothing more. And then in ter- <laughs> and then in terms of like our interaction, when we first got married, I was very much like, we have to talk this out right now. We can't go to bed until we come to a resolution. And I'm like following him around like a puppy dog <laughs> while he is like, I just need some space to myself. And I feel like over the years, it's actually switched. Mm. Like now I kind of want some time to just like cool down, reflect. And he's like, let's talk, let's talk, let's talk, let's Wait, figure it out. That happened to us too. The, oh, really? The, the switch? switch? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Say more. Okay. Well, I, I, think the, I think the reason why it switch is because like, I think inter- internally, like for guys, they have to figure it out. Like what, mm. what it means to them in this moment. And then I think for me, like I, I figured out like what are my non-negotiables and like what is it that I'm really needing in this moment. And then for me, it's always like pretty simple. Like I just want Esther to love me. And I want her to just be like kind to me. You know what I mean? That's 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that what kind. Said? Yeah, kind. <laughs> just be kind to one another. And so it's like it's not it's not like oh I need to feel like I'm justified like right. I'm right because I think being right is like so fluid. <laughs> so I think really? yeah. yeah. I don't. So I think <laughs> this is so funny. Okay. <laughs> it's a fluid thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, for me, like I just I, I realized that, and so now when we argue, like I it's a very quick check to myself. Uh, I see. Is this what I need? Is this something that's really important to me? If it's not, it's like not a big deal. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's what, and then I think when I when we first got married, there was more like inter- internal baggage and emotional baggage right. with having to make that decision. But um. I think as we get married, like and as time goes past, we just we learn what's really important to us. Oh, I love I love that. Yeah. So that's why it's like I just want to make up really quickly. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. let's get over this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken me longer to get to that place yeah <laughs> okay interesting um okay so then um on the flip side what are some things that jonathan you might kind of carry on for the home uh for me um i'm i do all the housework <laughs> so like i don't know the housework like fight, the maintenance fight. the maintenance so like <laughs> like all the cars and like fixing up around the house i'm like very handy so i do stuff like that and then, what else do I do? You cook everything. Oh, yeah. I cook all the meals. I at Koki Patrol. <laughs> at Koki Patrol. I do cook all the meals. Yes. And he's an amazing cook, and I, I'm i working on cooking more, but yes, he's great. Yes. And then I'm like the emotional pillow. <laughs> so even for our girls, I think. Oh. Yeah. So when they're sad, they usually come to me. Oh. Yeah. He's more of like the emotional statue resting place yeah. <laughs> where... When people need any like sort of support. therapeutic comfort, they just go to him. Yeah. When they need something done, they come to me. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if they need an appointment, they're like, let's go to mommy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love that. I, I mean, I like how you guys have that kind of role somewhat mm. so you don't have to feel like, who's taking care of this today? Yeah. Because that, that gives you the structure to then have that peace moving forward. So the core longing that you want to hear for an Enneagram 3 is that you are loved for yourself. And for an Enneagram 9, it's that your presence matters. Mm. And so you might have wanted to hear this since you're growing up. You still want to hear it somewhere today. How do you guys um, let each other hear what the other wants to hear, if that Mm. makes sense? Mm -hmm. Or can you even remember a time you didn't hear that? Mm. Yeah, uh, well, for me, I my love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, That validation, that affirmation is something that I need to know that I'm doing a good job. It like keeps me going forward. And so a lot of times, and I feel like this is typical sometimes, but um, whenever you're venting or if you have a problem or something, I feel like Jonathan's go-to in the beginning was to just fix whatever I was complaining about or venting Mm. about. So if I was complaining about my job, he would just be like, why don't you just find a new job? Mm. Or, you know, something like that. And it was just almost like, no, no, I don't need you to like have the solution because then if I don't do what you're telling me to do, then it's like, stop complaining to me. You know Mm. what I mean? Like if you're not going to fix it, then you know, why keep venting about it? It was just more like, I just need you to hear me and just agree that it sucks and that it's not a great feeling. And then I'll immediately feel better. Mm. Um, and that was a big disconnect between us because he's like, but that's just going to keep happening. You're going to keep getting annoyed and frustrated about things. Um, but he kind of understood over time. So now I will just come into the room and I'll be like, I need to vent. 
And he's like, okay. And he literally does not say a single thing. And when I'm done, he'll be like, that's terrible. And I'm sorry that's happening. What can I do for you to make it better? And I'm like, that's exactly what I needed. It just took 10 years to get there, but we're there now. Uh, yeah. What about you? Uh, for me, I think like just you just being able to kind of talk me through like I like in my internal mind, I don't really have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> that is so, a common for yeah, nines. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like I, I, I do sometimes, but then a lot of times it's more like I need to say it out uh-huh, loud. Uh-huh. Extra I need process. to throw it on the wall and mm. see what it looks like. So Esther is my person to do that with. I love that. Yeah. And so it, it drives her crazy sometimes. <laughs> And sometimes she will like, she's like a really good multitasker. So sometimes I can't tell if she's listening or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then over the years, she has gotten really good to just be like, okay, like, let me just like put everything down. Okay. Let me listen to what you have to say. And then we mm. kind of talk it through. So, yeah. I would say that's like the secret sauce to our marriage yeah. is communication. Yeah. Sometimes over communicating to the, to death, but really saying everything that's on our minds, even when we feel like the other person should know already mm-hmm. and should assume after being together for so long, but we just say it. Like Jonathan will just straight up be like, I need you to hug me and embrace me right now because I'm not feeling good. Yeah. Something that I probably should know considering his physical touch, but I'm like, okay, yes, yes. And I didn't mm. know that. And even going through the motions, it may not feel as genuine, but we're yeah. still vocalizing what we need mm-hmm. and then over time it becomes more natural and we don't have to vocalize it so much yeah and I've, i think like a mistake a lot of guys make is like they buy into the like happy wife happy life mm-hmm. kind of mantra mm-hmm. and the thing the reason why i don't think that's true is like not just one person can be happy the whole time mm-hmm. and the other person will eventually become bitter mm-hmm. whether it's like two years, three years, 10 years down the line, it's going to happen. Like no one is like an endless cup, you know? So I think just being able to say, Hey, this is what I feel. And like having that boldness is something that I would tell like a lot of young couples to have, like you might have some fights in the beginning, but later on you'll come to a place where you understand each other. When did you start doing the, I need you to hug me? Like, Cause even that takes a yeah, part of no, reflection and sure. then saying for sure. And I think honestly, like not until we had kids, mm. I felt like the ability to say that. Cause I think for me, like having kids kind of like changed me emotionally a little bit and it brought me more in touch with how I feel like as a person. And so I was like, no, this is what I really need. Like mm. this is, this is what I need in this moment. And if I don't say it, I'm going to feel bad about it. You know? And she, she would never know. It's like, it's like, you know, that's th- saying that people live rent free in your head, but like, it would be like Esther not hugging me would be something that would be bothering yeah. me, even though she didn't do anything yeah. wrong. It's just inside myself, you know, you guys kind of touched upon it, but closing up on what advice you would have being married to a three or a nine. Oh, I see. Um, so my advice to being married to a three would be like to have a lot of grace. <laughs> Wow. To have like an open heart. Because I think it's just one of those things is sometimes they need to be the the star, the shining light. And I Mm. feel like that with a lot with Esther. Mm. Like she has that desire. Mm. And that's like okay with me. Like Mm. I I don't need to be like the number one person in the room. Mm. So so sometimes having that grace and letting them feel the way that they feel is like is okay. I'm kind of.
kind of my wing three is so high as a oh, two, so oh. I resonate a lot with what you're saying, and I I also need Matt to make me sometimes feel like this. Yeah. So anyway, it's not like all the time. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to have it all the but time. But it doesn't have to be like a negative connotation no, in that. No, I like no. that he's seeing that, and so just yeah. want to. Um, well, I, I think it's just like bump with you as to that it's not a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just like a thing where you just have to feel special sometimes. Right, right. Everyone needs to feel like that. Right. Um, and then I guess being married to a nine would be like, I think y- the assertiveness helps a nine because a lot of times we are unassertive, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes we need someone to help us bring those emotions out. So uh, being willing to ask those hard questions that are a little bit awkward mm-hmm. sometimes. So I think. So she completes you. Yeah, lobster. My yeah. lobster. She is. I do think we complement each other. I align with the nine. Um, advice that Jonathan gave I would also say like touched on this a little bit earlier but letting a nine figure things out on their own um a lot of times the mantra of my life is like if not now when like I need to know when (laughs) and why not just do it right now we just get it done but someone like Jonathan who is a nine needs some time to like figure it out and do it their own way. Um, and so to give them that space and the opportunity to do that, even though it can be a bit frustrating at times to allow them that. Um, so that comes with like patience and understanding and being able to talk it out with them. Like you said, like just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. What, what does it look like to give them the time? Because in that time, how do you know if they're doing that? time right right <laughs> which okay like a prime example of this <laughs> coming in is us these threes be ganging up on me a prime example of this is our business happy uh-huh. party uh-huh. co uh-huh. right so Jonathan does essentially all of the handiwork uh-huh. and the financial aspect of Happy Party Co. So I like dream really big dreams, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to build this. I want to include this. I want to do all of these things. And I want to do them like yesterday. <laughs> and yes. Whereas Jonathan is always like, okay, well, that's great. But I have to actually be the one to figure out how we're going to execute <laughs> and do all of this. And I'm like, okay, well, let's like figure it out right now, you know? <laughs> but Jonathan really needs the time to do it in a way where he feels like it makes sense. Mm. It financially makes sense. The time that he needs to plan out to do it. So it really does challenge me right. to have patience in that. And honestly, it works out every time. Like Mm. he does everything in his own time. We always are prepared. It works out in the end. Mm. And I need to remember that, that my way isn't always the best way. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. for However much I'd like to think that (laughs) deep down. Oh man, I'm going to like clip this podcast and just have it on my phone. (laughs) Uh, Your ringtone whenever she calls. play it every time. Uh, What about advice for a three? Oh, advice for a three, if you're with a three. Um, Definitely the validation part, I mean, at least for me, is really important. Even as a mom, as a wife, like everyone is trying their best. But as a three, I really need to hear it sometimes. Mm. And that is what keeps me going. Mm. Um, And then, of course, communication and like like that planning aspect. Um, Being able to emotionally like say what we're feeling and process those emotions is really important too. Mm. Yeah, which I love. And I really appreciate that Jonathan does that for me. So let's share a little bit about how (laughs) quick quick snippet about the Koki Patrol and then Happy Party Co. Like, I love that you guys have these separate things that 
um, have excelled in its own ways. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Kogi Patrol is kind of on the back burner right now. <laughs> Just because after we had Isla, our third, uh -huh. like it, it was really hard to make content, edit content, things like that. But And we, also, we don't do Kogi Patrol on our own. Yeah. We do it with another couple. Sure. And we oh, both had kids okay, okay, at the okay. same time. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. And so, our really good friends, Steve and Jonathan, do it together. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, for nines, the path to health is sometimes in the Enneagram 3, which has oh. a lot of like pursuing your passion projects and oh, things like yeah. that so it's kind of cool to see you doing that whether it was for the season and then shifting to children when it was needed sure right sure. um so that's cool sure yeah so i mean but it, it was a great i mean it, it still is a great experience i mean i got to be on a netflix, netflix. show <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool i mean it's like definitely one of those bucket list things whoever mm. thinks they're going to be on tv like yeah. so that was really awesome but it's one of those things i think like i i'm starting to get that itch again so oh. yeah. and this is kind of was aligned with when you like when you discovered cooking for the first no, no? actually I, I i had started cooking like when i was in college okay and so it was something that i kind of always was interested in mm -hmm. and then i just kind of steadily did it throughout the years and got better and better at it very cool mm -hmm. um and then now you guys have happy party co which is how we technically reconnected because i was like oh my gosh this is so beautiful and oh, so cool and you. all of that yeah <laughs> and so how did this idea birth you can explain it yourself um and how does that look like in marriage yes yes well so happy party co was born because i had planned um our daughter's first birthdays which is called a tourjanchi in korean and it was very stressful like booking venues, working with vendors, doing all of that when you don't really know where to turn because you're not an event planner and you don't know where the best resources are was very stressful. And anytime I would talk to my friends, they would say the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they would be like, oh my gosh, I hate planning for it. It's so much work, all of that. So after we had Isla and we her first birthday was coming up, Jonathan was actually the one that encouraged me. And he was like, you're so good at planning. And you know, like, you know, almost now, like how the planning process works because mm -hmm. you've already done it almost three times. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you try it and see what happens? And I was like, oh my God, but like, how would I even like execute all the stuff, like the backdrops and everything? And he was like, I can help you. Mm. And I was like, really? So we literally had a car conversation about it. And he was like, what would we call it? And I was like, I don't know. And so I just thought about like, what makes you think of like parties and like happy memories? And I was like, what about Happy Party Co? And we started that in October of 2021. And since then, it has been an absolute blast. We're very, very humble and grateful for all of the business that we've garnered in the last little over a year. Jonathan literally builds everything from scratch. Wow. He is so talented and handy i truly just like show him a photo of what i want something to look like and he's like okay let's do it That's and so then cool. yeah and then i focus on like the actual client facing side and the design work mm. yeah but it's a great time highly recommend it i thought we would maybe kill each other but it's been a great partnership I yeah love that. you guys have um partnership in your marriage home and in your business yeah. as well <laughs> yeah. and you guys don't want to kill each other no yeah, we don't yay it's been fine yeah <laughs> Any last words of wisdom or anything else? Um, I would say when it comes to marriage, ooh, marriage is weird. It's like so great, but also one of the hardest things that I feel like anyone will ever do. Um, so the 
biggest advice that I've even shared with like friends who are thinking about getting married or anything like that is like, whoever your partner is and whoever you marry, like they will change. Mm. The person that you're marrying right now is not the person that is going to be there in front of you in five years, 10 years, 20 years. And Mm -hmm. you have to be okay to accept and love that person for who they are right now and for who they will become. Mm -hmm. Um, That was hard for me in the beginning. And I think that was one of the biggest realizations that I had because I'd be like, why wouldn't you want to change for the better? Like, why wouldn't you want to just continue improving? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, hello, of course. Like, you know, Mm. but Jonathan said something to me one day and we were like in the middle of a very intense argument. And he was like, you need to be able to accept me for who I am right now. Mm. Even if nothing were to ever change, you can't hold this expectation over me that all the good parts of me will get better. And all the bad parts of me will, go away because then you're just setting me up for failure it just doesn't work like that and and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah and I had this light bulb moment and I'm like that is what I was expecting of you Mm. because I'm like I just feel like that's a natural trajectory for someone but I realized marriage doesn't work like that and a lot of times in movies you'll see like if things are hard between people they're like oh it shouldn't be this hard it should feel easy if it's your soulmate not true <laughs> at all. It's incredibly, incredibly hard and challenging. Um, but then when you go through those tough times together, that's when like that magic happens. You grow together. You learn to feel loved in spite of all of your brokenness and the baggage that you bring to your relationship. And it, it just makes everything a lot better than, you know, if everything was just happy all the time. Yeah. 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 I mean, because, like, honestly, what I was thinking aligns, like, basically very closely to what you were saying. Like, I think seeking perfection in marriage is kind of like a worthless pursuit Mm -hmm. because I think people are broken, you know, in the same way marriages will be broken, you know, like relationships aren't perfect. So I think seeking for perfection is kind of wasting your time. I think trying trying to meet people where they are is the best that you can do. You know, mm. where is this person now? And I think that's just realistic, mm. you know, so. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I met you guys now where you have this beautiful home. Kids are not cray-cray, I don't think, like, or like past the, oh my gosh, exhaustion stage, you know. Mm. But even just talking with Esther a little more one-on-one, it's like, wow, you guys really went through a lot. Some things mm. you've shared, some things you haven't even. Mm. And so to hear like what the secret sauce is and it's that continual like meeting each other where you are and communicating is definitely encouraging for me because mm. I feel still like in that, um, we're going to be out of that crazy time soon, but right, like in different ways. So mm-hmm. thanks, God. And I'm sure you're encouraging so many listeners. <laughs> um, so we will close it out with some superlative games where I'll ask you about like five to 10 or like quick questions. You'll just say which one of you guys would be that person. Okay. Okay. And then we'll end with the fruit. Okay. Okay. Oh, the fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Who is more likely to write a book? One, two, three. I think me. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what it would be about? Um, I kind of would love to write a uh, children's book. Oh. Yeah. yeah. He said that before. Yeah. You have so many little like, uh, Project ideas. I do. I'm excited to see them all come to life. I'm very creative, but I'm not an execution person. (laughs) (laughs) You married the the right woman. Every time he says a project, I'm like, okay, if not now, when? When? I need to do it. (laughs) 
Um, who's more likely to help the stranger in need? One, two, three. Me. I think Esther, yeah. yeah. Who is the stricter parent? One, two, three. Me. Esther, yeah. <laughs> Are you stricter by choice or like um, because someone has to be? I am more strict. Just That's just more like my personality. I am trying to be more fun though. Yeah. Like I'll like I'll do an activity and I'm like I am so fun. <laughs> Validation. Yes. yes. <laughs> Who has the last say in an argument? One, mm. two, three. Oh, I was gonna say you. Oh, oh. I was gonna say you. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's like both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the cop out. Like, yeah. <laughs> Who has the crazier family? Oh, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have to say what. Oh, yeah. My family crazy. Oh. It just has a big family. Yeah, okay. I have a lot of family. Yeah. Okay. Um, who is the funny one? One, two, three. Oh, me. Jonathan. Yes, <laughs> yes for sure. <laughs> who is more romantic? One, two, three. Me. Jonathan. Yeah. 1,000%. Yeah. Who takes longer to get ready in the morning? One, two, three. Esther. Well, I was going to say you. You take forever to get ready. Okay. I don't know. I would to say Matt too, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's because you procrastinate oh, getting yeah, ready. Yeah. Okay, but fine. you also don't have much hair, so I it takes know. away one. Yeah, one what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Mine is not. Combing each mustache hair? I just have to reflect on the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about Prepare what. Prepare for yes, what's to come. What's to come. <laughs> Whose birthday? All the social interactions. <laughs> um, and who spends the most money? One, two, three. I think. Oh, yes, me. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We both spend a lot of money. <laughs> there were some other ones, but I kind of feel like I answered them. Or who's the social butterfly? You. Yeah, and you prepped to. him. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so if you could describe your relationship in a fruit, what would it be? I, we finally, funny enough, we both came to the same thing without actually talking about it. What? Yeah. Yes. Communication yeah. to its but finest. For different reasons. For different reasons. Funny. Love that, funny. love that. So it was watermelon. Oh, okay. okay. You say and right. I said it was because it has a little bit of a hard exterior, so we're resilient. Yeah. They're like some tougher times that we've had. And then your main thing. I think it's like, it's one of the fruits that's really easy to share. So we love to share. Oh. Yeah. And he was like, and there's plenty to go around. Yes. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, I that's kind of like Enneagram because you can see say the same thing, but the reasons are so different. Yeah. And I love yeah. how you guys had very different reasons for the same thing. For sure, yes, for sure. yes. How cool. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thank you so much. I love <laughs> thank that. You. I, yeah, I didn't. I feel like I don't really know you guys too well in mm -hmm. this sense. So I had so much fun just like listening and being like, oh, wow, by mm. all the wisdom both of you carry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope you guys continue to, you know, grow together. And I took notes. I hope you guys are taking notes as you're listening. Um, go check out Happy Party Co. Uh, and yeah, thank you for listening to another episode of Kohler Commentary. Mm -hmm.